This episode of Blitzed is brought to you by the Rip Curl Mirage Activate Board Short, the secret weapon that propelled Mick Fanning to three world titles. These boardies are specifically designed to help you surf stronger for longer. Get your shred on and get some perky, perky, perky cheeks while you're at it with the Mirage Activate Board Short available from ripcurl.com or even better, get down to your local surf shop and support the crew who support you. And if you haven't signed up for Club Rip Curl yet, you're kidding yourself. Members are rewarded with discounts on Rippy Cron, as well as special points for one-off Rip Curl experiences. Can you imagine it? Going for a shred with Mick Fanning or Mason Ho, maybe getting some VIP tickets and free drinks down at the Rip Curl Pro, or what about even scoring tickets to the Rippy Was finals at the end of the year? None of this shit is there yet, but I guarantee you, it will be. Oh, you can only dream. Signing up is easy. Just go to ripcurl.com. It's totally free. Madass. Competition surfing. Rashes. Nerdism. Welcome to Blitzed Pure Tour Nerdism. And Vaughn, you had to be a real tour nerd to get any enjoyment out of the pipe pro that just wrapped. Holy smokes, I mean, I almost feel like just taking a vow of silence in protest of how <laughs> dismal that event was in terms of the conditions. Serious questions being asked about the, uh, I don't know, the surfline <laughs> forecasters or whoever made the call to run the final day in those conditions, given that there was the chance of a, a proper swell looming uh, for that last day or two in the waiting period. But we know that generally they don't like to hang around. Uh, they like to run events. They don't like to to gamble on the last two days of a waiting period to produce, um, especially when the contest scaffolding is set up and uh, is going to lay dormant for a week, it costs everyone a lot of money. So I can understand why they ran it, but holy smokes, it does not get worse than that for conditions at pipe. You've got to go back to, I don't know, Robbie Page winning in 1988, really, to find uh, a, a pipe pro that was decided in conditions as poor as that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, my mind goes back uh, to the Taj Burrow. B, oh, actually, the B Derby's year was pretty dismal, but at least there were waves. Like that final just had nothing, man. It was just sitting around waiting for some something, just some sort of opportunity. So yeah, you're right. It was uh, it was a dog's brekkie, and just in a in a sort of I don't know cosmic fucking undoing of biblical proportions, man. The the winter that we've had. Uh, leading into this pipe uh, waiting period is just set them up for failure. <laughs> it was just like, you know, anything less than fucking pretty much like eight foot perfect cones was going to be a letdown and it was even worse than that. It was just this dribbly fucking hard to back garbage and I feel for the WCL man I mean they've fucking done everything they could do to get the best waves possible by moving it from December to February that window where Volcom just like basically just marinated in fucking back-to-back endless perfect pipeline and last year it worked this year they just yeah they ate a big old shit sandwich man and 
That was one of the worst finals I've ever seen, ever. Like the men's mm. final, it was just so goddamn boring. And like even sometimes, you know, in those conditions, Smithy, as the clock winds down, you start getting nervous. I was just going, fuck, this is just dismal. And, and even Jack Robbo, you know, it, it sort of sunk in for him as he was getting chaired up the beach. But, you know, uh, there was no sort of hero moment or, or monster claim even as the hooter went, it was just like, oh, yeah, that's done. Sweet. Yeah. I mean, you can see Huey just sitting on the couch, just a full couch potato, just going, mate, do I get a fucking week off or what? Like, haven't you had enough? <laughs> hey? Fucking. Yeah. You know, the, the WCL comes knocking on the door, cap in hand. Come on, Huey. Come on, mate. Yeah. Pop up. You know, come on. You can just, just, just give us something. Just a little something. He's like, fuck just, off. I'm working something. hard. I'm on my time off. Get out of here. Oh. Yeah, pretty uh, – I mean, far out. It's just such a bummer on so many levels just because you were so jacked to see what these surfers could do in the waves that we've just been watching these, you know, lifeguards and fucking free surfers and big wave crew just go and dominate for three months now. And you finally get the best surfers in the world over there and it's sort of this just cute little beachy. Mm. Like it's – yeah, man, and uh, just never really got to see the best surfers flex either. I mean, it was just – yeah. Oh, bit of a dismal way to start the year, Smithy, but surely good things ahead. Mm, pretty low score on the shat rating. That's S for skits, H for humad, A for are you kidding me, and T for torture. <laughs> uh, probably, oh, mate, scraping in there at a 1.5, maybe a 1.67 if I'm being generous, which the mm. judges at this event certainly weren't, uh, you know, Gets a, gets a point in there. Uh, there there's definitely at least, I'm going to say two, are you kidding me, moments. Uh, yeah. I mean, John's 993 uh, for that just misto triple chandeliering backdoor closeout. I mean, geez, the only, there was only two people on planet Earth who didn't give it a 10, and they were sitting in the fucking judging booth, mate. I don't know <laughs> what they were on. But, it was uh, a that classic was a- Smithy glitch tube, that one. It was one of your all-time out-of-the-box Smithy yeah. glitch special. It was a full glitch, and uh, I can reveal that uh, you know the two-time gold cone piece award winner did manage to get some footage from uh, John John's Neuralink account, and uh, in that time disjunction that opened up while he was mm. in the pit, he actually uh, he actually went to a, a Shaolin monastery and spent seven years there. In fact, uh, <laughs> training in the art of kung fu, and returned to do battle with the foam ball monster who had taken the form of a roided up Johnny Boy Gomes, and uh, mm. there was a bit of hopscotch, some handball, um, a bit of Greco-Roman wrestling before he eventually got the win and was allowed to proceed uh and and make the pit but yeah i mean in a a crazy make really interesting to get his read on the tube afterwards he said that uh inside the tube like he just kept getting bits of clean wall to pump on so while Mm. we were just seeing chandelier and foam he was just kind of getting up the wall and and finding bits of blue water uh to get a rail and, and fin into and on the drop i mean geez he had such a good line into it i was like oh my god this wave it has to be a, a regulation closeout for him not to make this. Like he, he was so steady, uh, so had so much speed and stability in his stance, and just was pumping uh, with so much speed and, and gravitas uh, that you, you just thought he was going to make it. And then uh, the cameraman gave up on him, and lo and behold, there he comes, 
popping out the end of it and then uh, backs it up with another fucking stonker of a pit that could easily have been a 10 as well. And again, his uh, insight of what was going on in there was really interesting. He said that he was in the tube and he could see it kind of uh, pinching and he could see the foam ball and that crease in the pit developing and he kind of just wheelied into it like he um, kind of tried to ride over the crease. Like, how's the guy's just intuition and, and, and tube awareness to have the presence of mind to just like that's tube technique that's, I don't know, either never been done before or, or never been revealed. But it, it was mm. a, a crazy bit of insight. I, I was quite shocked by that. And it looks like that when you watch it, you're like, how the fuck do you come over a foam ball like that? And the way is, with all that speed, almost to like ollie up the developing foam ball and get high on the the foam, and then, uh, yeah, you kind of almost float her out of it. It was so bizarre. Oh, man. It just the, So much of the difference between all the rest of us, us mere mortals, and John John Florence is just keeping your eyes open and believing that there's a path through these sort of fucking impossible lines, these, these scenarios where, like, how do you keep your eyes open like that? Do you fucking have to just get on a huge fucking hot plate and just woof it up just so you – there's no chance you can blink. It's just so fucking radical that he's looking for just moments of clean face. Like that to me is is mind-boggling, mate. I don't know what you see in, in barrels, especially when they're chandeliers, but I'm not looking for those little minute opportunities. I'm just fucking closing my eyes and, and crossing my fingers, mate. Yeah, and I mean in lo- like marginal backdoor conditions when it's that shallow and sketchy, like usually you're kind of going into self-preservation mode, aren't you? And, and, and diving off while you got the opportunity to maybe diving through the back of the, the wave or, or like there's got to be some element of, uh, you know, just safety in those situations, but, but not for John. So much self-belief. And I guess that's just, you know, right through the event, he was on another level. Uh, mm. He was you kind of got to say robbed by the conditions to a degree. I mean, lost to Jack Robinson, the Vortex Shaman, who really is John's equal in 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 those conditions, mm. in, in any kind of barreling conditions. He's every bit as good as him and uh, showed as much. But, yeah, marginal conditions, uh, not the kind of conditions you want to see those guys going head-to-head in. But, yeah, John, man, just the way he, like, does those trippy – Almost like uh, those side slipping drops, like he's like where he's free falling under the lip and and double hand dragging at the same time and just kind of using one fin in the face of the wave to slide. Like he's not in position to get barrel, but somehow manages to almost go backwards or or be stalling on the knife. Like it it almost defies description and um, sheer physics. It's it's such a marvel to watch. But uh, yeah, as I mentioned, Jack Robbo getting the win. Over him uh, on the back of getting a win over Medina in an absolute dogfight. And look, man, I mean, what can you say about Jack Robbo Vaughan, the Vortex Shaman? Jeez, uh, what a performance. Like in mm. marginal conditions, we know how good he is in the juice. But that, I think, uh, really suggests that he's the number one threat to take out the title this year. Oh, man, I, I was just so excited for him seeing – now, just a, a few things like to, to acknowledge here uh, after him winning that event. Like, you know, this guy, you get the feeling watching him that he could be one of the greatest leaders 
to come out of the country. Like I'm, I, that might sound big, but I'm watching this kid. Like you got to, you got to understand. He's he's battler spec. He's the son of a fucking like he's from a blue collar home. He's the son of a you know an oil rig worker, a, a, a mm. prawner. Um, you know he had a very difficult upbringing, a very difficult relationship with his old man. It definitely took its toll on him um, through his late teens and early twenties. His career kind of nosedived, and the kid has just hoffed and meditated his way out of it and coned his way out of it. Mm. And uh, to the point now where, you know, like the guy, he's psyching up for heats on the beach, doing breath work uh, in full view of the, the surfing world. And he's just like, you know, he's a seeker. He's a doer. He's a battler. Uh, and he's got a massive platform. Uh, his emotional maturity was just, I thought, stunning throughout the event. That the way he conducts himself in his post-heat interviews, absolutely refusing point blank to to leave the present moment. People are often asking him, uh, you know, what is, uh, you know, what's your strategy? What, what's the plan moving forward? He's like, you're not getting any of it out of me. I'm just in the moment. I'm in flow. Don't want to know about it. One step at a time. Uh, that's some Eckhart Toll wisdom <laughs> right there, beyond his years. Uh, just that commitment. Yeah, man. I, I, uh, I've said it before, but his emotional intelligence and the way that he can manage energy is, for me, one of the most impressive things. Because to get where he's gotten to, uh, as you say, you know, uh, it's been a long journey. The child prodigy who was sort of for a few years just lost on the queue and, and trying to figure out who he was and, and where he fit into this whole surfing caper. You know, he disappeared into the bowels of, of Chopes, probably went on that seven-year fucking journey to Tibet while he was inside those barrels and, uh, yeah, hung out with the, the Maharishis and the Dalai Lama and, and discovered who he was and, and how he wanted to do things. But it's in these most recent years, the last two years, basically since he won that event in Mexico, Smivy, where we've just seen the formula that works and the, and the formula that works not just for Jack, but as you say, man, can work for anyone that formula. Like you just get into the moment, be who you can be in that moment and, and fucking just treat yourself with love and respect and your body with, you know, these simple little fucking modems to, I don't know, clear thinking, clear consciousness, no stress. And you just set yourself up for a high level of achievement. And, that is on the back of not just your servant performance, man. That's just on the back of, of feeling so in tune with all the fucking things that can kind of derail you. You know what I mean? Like instead of being stressed out by them, you have modes to overcome them and without, you know, changing your system. And, uh, yeah, that energy management is one of my favourite things about him because he, he'll be in the, the dying seconds of a heat. Uh, and he had a couple of falls late in that final, which was a bit uncharacteristic. But, I mean, let's face it, he was trying to fucking roll just little pieces of shit in glitter. And uh, he kind of didn't get away with it, but he did get away with it. But more than anything, he's just, yeah, he... I don't know, his growth as a human being and his ability to showcase a path that is genuinely healthy and uh, a true path to happiness is fucking pretty impressive, isn't it? Oh, he's setting such a great precedent that could, you know, really change uh, or, or light the path for an entire generation uh, of Australian servers, you know, servers across the world. Uh, I love that he's 
so honest and so committed to these practices of gratitude and, and getting himself um, fully connected and enjoying the process, really enjoying the journey. You know, he's not about what's coming up next. He's about enjoying that present moment. That, that's the only way uh, to really achieve greatness, it seems, or, or longevity, or, or at least just happiness um, within that that melting pot, that cauldron of competitive surfing, where, where so few people manage to to really rise to the occasion over and over again. Um, and I mean, well, I was- mean, Lobby and Callum and all those guys we've spoken to have made it their mission to make being in the moment and enjoying what they're doing rather than uh, results and, and you know getting to their goals. That's been the mantra, mate. And like, look at the success they're all enjoying. Mm. And I mean, you really saw a, a real insight into where Jack Robber was at in that round of 16 heat. I think it was against Medina. Um, you had a skits paddle battle to kick it off. And as per program, um, Medina not only got the, the, got the inside, he actually uh, started, mate, he not only got the inside, uh, he actually started the heat inside Jack's Rashi. He was that up him. It was wild. Uh, but yeah, just <laughs> he loves it up there. Oh, he loves it up there. Uh, all bristly, the the yin to his smooth yang. But he was just right in his space. Uh, and, and there was some skitzy mind games going on all around the start. I think it was the non priority heat. Interesting with Medina too. When he feels threatened, he attacks the man and he gets in their space. Uh, there's all this gamesmanship and, and fairly like questionable tactics. Uh, we've seen it against Kyle Belly in the past. We've seen it against Callanan in the past in a, in a Portugal CT. Um, yeah, he, he doesn't tend to try it on on his seniors, uh, but he will go the younger or lesser surfers or you know guys who are like threats. So you don't really see him go at John like that necessarily, but Jack, in his mind, I guess, hasn't fully proven himself or, or earned his respect maybe enough that he's not going to try the dirty mm. shit on him. And he went it, but uh, it, it didn't it didn't play out in his favor, obviously. I mean, Jack uh, just incredibly composed and you know, getting the victory over Medina in conditions like that, uh, mate, w- what a boost. And then to, to, to get John uh, the very next heat, Oh, mate, he must have been absolutely feeling it. Uh, a huge boost. Mm. Yeah, I love what you say there. And uh, far, I mean, all eyes in this event, you know, for put, putting the conditions aside, uh, you were just looking at John, you were looking at Gabby, you were looking at Jack and uh, Phil. Uh, like they're the guys you were really focused, zoning in on just to see sort of how this year would frame up. And to see Jack get up and over, you know, both guys – Fuck, mate, that's that's just a fizzer. That's like a full-blown fuse lighter. Uh, he's going to be in such blistering form going into sunset, man, because far out. Like, imagine that. You, you've got pipe out of the way. It's a wave where, you know, he's always going to be a top three threat anyway. But now he goes to a wave where he is 100% in the womb. It's fucking looking good for our boy. Yeah, and I think we called this in the past last year, actually. Uh, we were expecting Jack to leave Hawaii with a massive lead in the ratings, and it didn't materialize. Uh, he didn't have you know, the pipe masters he would have liked, uh, although he got a, a, one of the best waves uh, of the event that was on constant rotation during this event. That crazy, like watching it over and over again, that fucking collapsing. It's like a building mm. collapsing on top of him, and he just gets, he does that crazy, like, 
AI pump in the bowels yeah. of it. What a wave that was. I mean, fucking hell. But didn't get the result uh, and ended up still getting into the final five. But holy smokes, with a big result at sunset and a massive ratings lead, um, I, yeah, I mean, I guess it still all counts for nothing, doesn't it, when you're only going to the, the final five showdown. But still, uh, yeah, he's looking very well positioned to get a stranglehold on, on the early part of this season. Um, I thought too, just a couple of notes from the round of, uh, what was it, the, the quarter against John. Um, you know, John was out to a, a pretty solid lead uh, and, and Jack was really under the pump heading into, I think it was like the last five minutes, but he managed to stay in contention and uh, then he finds that down the line double up closeout and presto, Alakazam manufactures an exit, the Vortex Shaman, uh, mm. for a score and the win. Um, yeah, I, I just thought his composure deep into heats where you know he was behind uh, and he could have easily crumbled. But, yeah, the self-belief, uh, the staying in the moment, man, it just screams world title year. Yeah, it does. It does. And that was going to be always the interesting thing about Jack this year, man, because I, I think – in the past few years, he has looked like the guy really fucking with a lot of energy, you know. He's got a kind of almost like a, I don't know, an aura around him that is fizzing. And I was just so curious to see whether he'd kick off this year with that same that same sort of vibration. And, man, fuck, like it, when you manage your energy well and, you know, he takes his downtime, you can see he has an absolutely amazingly fun uh, life hanging out with his wife and – and with his uh, circle of friends and stuff. And he gets here and it's business and he's just got nothing but a full tank. And uh, it just makes a huge difference, man. It's sick to see him just start the year like this because, yeah, a stranglehold could really be what he's got if this next couple – if Sunset's pumping, and let's hope it is because far out, mate, I would just love to see him at top form up against John John with a little bit of spite from, uh, you know, not getting as deep into the draw as he wanted on this one. Uh, you saw on the on the broadcast, man, there was a lot of support for John John there. I think he was really zoning in on starting this year with a big statement, especially uh, on the way, you know, on the come up from injury. And I will say this though, Smithy, Jeezy stem cell Kelly say the foreskin knee looks good, doesn't it? He, his board was just slippery as on those wave faces. He was looking deadly. There's no doubt about it. Just back to back to Jack's performance. Uh, one of the real hallmarks that he's developed in his career is just being able to perform under pressure at the pointy end. Uh, we saw some crazy buzzer beaters last year, and then uh, this event had was full of them. Uh, as I mentioned, the heat against John, uh, and then the semis against Jiao again. Jiao, uh, yeah, obviously loves pipeline and being Brazilian uh, is very versatile in more marginal conditions. And you know, he had the lead Jiao with, with five to go, but. Jack Robbo with the double pump threw a hit into a, a backside blast for a 6-5 um, right at the pointy end, gets the score, gets the win, and, uh, yeah, just fucking keeps on moving on into the final against his old mate Leo. It, it was a grovel fest, but, again, the, the same pattern. Um, you know, Jack under, under the pump, under pressure, deep into the heat, behind and manages to get a six for two turns. Uh, Leo on the one behind, gets a tube, kicks out to get priority uh, in front of Jack. 
And the judges actually docked him on that. That was a massive, massive error in the context of that final. He'll be kicking himself over that. Um, and, and Jack took the lead on account of the, the two-turn combo for the six. So, yeah, the, brutal for Leo. Oh, my Lord. But um, all things right in the universe, I think, that, that it went that way and Jack got the win. Vaughn, before we leave the men's, it'd be remiss of us not to doff the gaff to the great burly battler, Liam O'Brien, uh, who had just an incredible performance, I thought. You know, obviously all that tragedy last year at the Pipe Masters, breaking his leg uh, before the heat. We've spoken about that ad nauseum. But uh, to bounce back, a quarterfinal finish on debut uh, as a, a, an actual fully-fledged world tour surfer. Uh, incredible performance, getting past Seth Moniz. Uh, among others, yeah, a really solid performance, and uh, I mean, just just couldn't happen to a better, grittier character. Uh, I mean, what did you make of that? Yeah, mate, uh, lobby far out. How good is it just to see that mop gets stuck into a few pits and just gets to showcase what he's made of? I think he's just tapping into that burly energy. He's got so much support at home. It was awesome to get to uh, speak with him a couple of times at the start of the year, once up there at the single fin and then your own convo. If sort of, you know, about what his hopes and uh, expectations were for this year, mate. And it's just nothing better than seeing a fucking good bloke get the opportunity and rip the fucking lid off it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, pretty crazy record too at the World Tour level now. Uh, I mean, what was it on uh, debut as a wild card at Rotnest? Was it a, a final? Yeah. Um, semis actually, Morgs was in the final against Medina, but yeah, semi-final, uh, and, and really fucking good surfing, man. Uh, like, I think we've talked about it a lot, like that performance just put him instantly in that category of top line WCT athlete. Like he, he would just look completely at home and that sort of like gritty sort of steely, unflappable serial killer vibe that he's got lurking beneath the surface was just on show and he's brought it straight to the big game a year and a half later. Yeah, that's so true, man. It really is his demeanour that seems to set him apart as a elite surfer because you look at his surfing and you're like, yeah, I mean, like, again, he's in that super strong, versatile category that so many surfers at the elite level are. But it really is that jovial, calm, non-plus demeanor, despite all the pressure in the world being on him. Uh, he manages to, to to really just, yeah, like you said, Vaughn, like Cal Robbo, like Connor, like uh, Jack Robbo, just manages to stay present, stay calm, and really enjoy the experience as opposed to getting ahead of yourself and being overwhelmed by it. Mm. Yeah, man, I, I, while we're doffing, as well. Uh, oh, do you have anything to add on lobby there? I, I just think great start to the year and, and far out, a good little launch pad for uh, what could be a, a real breakout, you know, uh, what flag in the ground sort of fucking campaign. Yeah. Oh, nothing really to add. I mean, Sunset's going to suit him a, a big bowling right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, j- just crazy to, to think what this kid's gone through to get where he is today and, and to be mm. performing at that level straight off the bat in a CT event, uh, two CT events. Uh, is it just two he's been in, Rottnest and, and this one? Yeah, as far as I know, yeah, that's it. Mate, a, a semi and a quarter, not bad, not bad at all. Mm. Mate, um, I, I want just while we're doffing, I, I was going to throw a little doff to our boy Rio Whiter. 
representing Indonesia, getting a ninth place, but good performances, really just adapted to the conditions, looked pretty much at home in that CT, Rashi. Yeah, a, a worthy doff of the uh, rice hat to Rio and uh, very interesting to see too. I think, what was it, the, the quarter with Jiao Chianka and Jiao just trying every trick in the book to unsettling uh, unsettling him, just paddling rings around him like a shark, which was a we, this is a dangerous mm. maneuver against mm. the Indonesian born. We all know what happened to the sharks in Indo. Uh, so, geez, I'm, geez, he's, he's lucky uh, Rio didn't just snap out and think he was back on the outrigger fishing and just thin the cunt. Yeah, yeah, just a stick of dynamite and fucking kaboom, just bits of fucking Jalshianka <laughs> raining on the beach at Pipeline. But I just Jeez, thought, I, I thought there was good signs there for Rio, and I, yeah, again, Sunset and um, Portugal are going to suit him, but. Uh, worrying signs here, Smithy. Um, three guys who last year we were all, we were talking up to Lux, Ethan Ewing, Kanoa Igarashi, Griffin Colapinto, uh, all with 17s to start their year. Like, you know these guys have the confidence and, and will be backing themselves. A couple of, uh, you know, they're all going to be performers at Bells and Sunset, you'd imagine. Uh, but still, you know, it just puts a different little mindset into the back of your brain where, where when you get off to a start like that where you're not just instantly in your comfort zone. But the big uh, worries really are for Connor O'Leary, 17th here, um, got a bunch of fat rights coming up. Not that he can't blow the back out of him, but, uh, you know, that's – fuck, man. That's not what he wanted to start the year with. Kelly Slater, a 17th Smith, the GOAT. Not what he would have wanted. And, um, no, that, that, that's rough for the go. Looking at the, the schedule, all waves he pretty well detests yeah. coming up. I mean, Portugal, he's had some form there. But, yeah, Sunset, Bells, Margs, frick me. Frick me dead. Frick me sideways. He doesn't want a bar of those joints. Yeah. And, um, oh, geez, I just, yeah, I, I feel like this, uh, this cut line <laughs> – it will be right there when people paddle out at sunset. Like you, you won't be sort of hoping for a good result to get into a, a safe spot. You'll be thinking about it when you surf heat. So I'm so curious to see how people attack that wave. Yeah, and what you're saying really goes to one of the one of the real points from the event for me, which was just the there's no weak heats. Like you, you're watching a Jao Chianka, Kanoa Igarashi, you know, round three heat, and you're like, wow, this could be a final or a semi-final at pipe. Um, every heat is so hotly contested. The The talent level is so high. Like I can remember at the start of my career watching World Tour events when it was in the, the top 44 and, and you had a lot of guys in the draw who, you know, they were just battlers, journeymen, um, just barely holding on to a spot on tour. Uh, but, you know, definitely no real threat to win a world title, make the top 10. Uh, even winning an event would seem like a, a pretty, like, almost ridiculous long shot for a lot of those guys. Mm. Um, but now it's like every heat has a potential event winner in it. And uh, it, it's just, it's it's brutal out there, man. It's so brutal. Yeah. No, nah, you're dead right there, mate. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing what these guys can do with a bit of actual, you know, opportunity, uh, a bit of open wave face or, or just something. Just some fucking waves, Smithy. Some waves of truth. Come on. <laughs> Pipeline. It was one of our only fucking waves of truth left and now we're just left here with this feeling like someone's, I don't know, mate, t- 
turn the music off at the party or something. It's just it's just, it's a hollow, empty feeling at the moment, Smithy. It really is. It's a it, yeah. I, I like that comparison to a uh, yeah. The lights coming on at the party and you know everyone's just splotchy faced and half cut and they're all <laughs> super beautiful seconds ago. <laughs> but uh, yeah, mate, yeah. I think the WSL has tempted fate here by axing G-Land for the pool and, and taking away waves of truth. Now there's a good chance that their waves of truth aren't going to provide, which sets us up for, I mean, if the waves of truth that they have, the very few waves of truth that they have onto it don't provide, mm. holy smokes, they have shot their product to smithereens of an AR-15, Vaughn, just shredded it. True that, mate. And uh, I, I have to say, if, if the men's was disappointing, the women's event was diabolical there was a day in there that was just it's hard to get your head around what they were thinking i mean maybe just not enough swell to to have the luxury to just not you know to pass up even a a two-foot day but i mean when there's combined heat scores of four and that's it that's the all the scoring rides of everyone added together like you know that's that's no good mate that's that's you know, you reckon you're shooting your product in the foot. Well, that one was just shooting it point blank in the fucking back of the head. Yeah, with a grenade launcher. Outrageous. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it also had its moments, I thought. Uh, th- that was one of the worst days of competitive surfing ever. Uh, but that said, I thought, you know, at times the conditions suited the women just in terms of being in that four to six foot, really playful Hollow at times, backdoor. Um, I mean, they're the days at Pipe where you'll sit on the beach and just go, oh, man, it's so fun out there. Uh, and just kind of suited the skill set where the women were able to, you know, knife some some semi-conequential slabs and put up a couple turns. Um, I mm. thought the real standouts were the ones that rose to the top. Tyler Wright, I thought, fire out, man. She, she's looking so fit and so sharp. There was just a crispness to her surfing that screams world title to me. Molly Picklum, your pickle, Vaughn, your pick. Mm. Uh, I, I thought, yeah, wow. Like just the, the equipment that she's on seems so light and electric. Uh, her surfing is just not skipping a beat. It took Carissa to beat her. Uh, Betty Lou, another one, another standout right through the event. Just so sharp. Her read on the slab on the little backdoor nugs was, uh, you know, just perfect and far out. For, for a little diminutive frame, man, she can get some power and I think it's, you know, kind of that Toledo quality of just incredible accuracy on her turns mm. and where, where she puts her board. Uh, but, of course, the queen, Carissa Moore, getting win number eight over Tyler Wright in a final. Uh, eight versus three they're at now. That was their ele- 11th final together. What a stat that is. crazy, man. That's like that's like right up there with the great rivalries. Like well, you kind of think about Carissa and you think, well, Steph's her main rival, but it's Tyler all the way, isn't it? Those two just fully get in there and duke it out. Yeah, and uh, you know, got the win over Tyler really on account of the one nug that came through that heat. She got a 7-1-7. It was a... You know, a solid pit, an unremarkable pit with, with no finish, uh, which, which really set up a, a tense final few minutes with, with Tyler holding on to the narrowest of leads. Uh, Carissa needed to better at a 2.83 with just a few minutes to go and essentially won the Pipe Pro with a one-hit floater, which is, I mean, jeez, mm. that's... Which uh, is not too different from, uh, I think, was it Tyler won a, a specialty event out there the first year? I can't remember if... Uh, what was the story there? But I know Tyler's got a pipe title under her belt that was one in similar sort of conditions. 
or circumstances. Yeah, a, a bit, but, a bit of a shame, isn't it? Yeah, it is a shame. Uh, I, I, I think, yeah, off of the cap to Molly, of course, brought undone really just by shit conditions. Uh, the big story on this side of things on the women's side is Steph. Steph is now in the exact same position as last year. Does she have the medal? Will she have the grit? And can she get a result at sunset to just alleviate some of that cut line pressure? I saw uh, she dropped a clip the other day from sunset free surfing and she looked pretty fucking good, mate. Like, that's one thing that you don't uh, – I mean, when, when we do a blitz sort of sunset preview, if we get the opportunity, the uh, – the size of the diminutive girls here is going to play against them if the surf's good at sunset because Steph looked full face out there, like real power top to bottom, beautiful surfing as you expect from Femgoat. Carissa's going to look amazing out there. Um, Katie Simmons, you know, has she got the legs and the power? That's going to be exposed in that heat, in that competition. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, any open ocean right, any big bowly right, Steph Gilmore should be a special in those kinds of conditions. Uh, we know she's got an incredible record at Honolulu Bay and, uh, you know, Margs, any any right, any frontside wave you can name, Karamas, and on it goes. So should we looking to definitely bolster her form going into the cut? Holy shit, it's surreal that a world champ can get cut halfway through the season and, and be lost to the Challenger Series. Yeah. Oh, how's the, the ignominy of that? Just <laughs> yeah. getting cut and next minute you're in freaking, fucking, I don't know, summery France contesting a, a, a Changers event with the Battlers. It's crazy. Oh, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I hate to say this, maybe. But it's below a woman like Stephanie Gilmore. I concur. And, uh, yeah, also surreal that, you know, with the women's side of the draw, should the unthinkable happen and we see someone like Steph knock down to that bracket, man, it's like, what was it? It's like five chicks get back on the tour. Um, uh, so it's such a logjam of talent there. Mm. Man, the WSL's got to have a real good hard think about what they're doing there. Yeah. Well, look, man, I mean, my takeaways from this event is that the right surfers won it. I mean, sure, it won't be their most famous victories of their careers, but, I mean, Jack Robbo is a guy who well and truly fucking deserves a pipeline title. If he wasn't going to get it in this event, it was it's going to happen one day anyway. And Carissa Moore has probably been, other than Moana Jones-Wong, the, the number one performer at Backdoor over the past couple of years. So worthy, worthy champions in the end, mate. And, yeah, look... It's 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 a funny one, isn't it? Like you know, you compare this event to everything that's come before it in the past three months, and you can feel like a, a little bit of a spoiled brat, you know, just stomping your feet and fucking throwing your lollies and spitting out your lollies, taking your bat and ball and going home. But at the end of the day, you know, we're we're on our way. We've got uh, some intriguing storylines developing. And Jack Robbo's at number one in the world, mate. I can fucking live with that, Smithy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got an Aussie at number one in the men's and an Aussie at number two in the women's. And I think this is the most stacked world tour uh, just conglomeration of athletes that we've seen in years. All the big dogs are there and swinging for the bleachers, Vaughn. It's going to be a sick year. We just hope Huey gets off his fat fucking ass and turns the tap on. Come on, Hugh. Come on, mate. Competition surfing, rashes, oh, yeah, baby I can't get enough, blitz, 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 blitz.
Pure Tour Nerdism.